Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. I do want to I do want to say this. Take your Bible and turn uh, to the book of Exodus, chapter fifteen. Exodus chapter 15, and we're going to begin with verse 22. While you're going there, I want to uh, let you know if, if you wasn't able to be at the uh, tournament for calls yesterday down in Uriah, uh, it was awesome. And I want, to, I want to acknowledge Coley and Austin and Larry and Anna Jean. Uh, they did an awesome job, and, and I tell you, it was, it was, we had a good time, uh, and, and it was just really good. Raised over $2,000 for, uh, for our benevolence uh, fund, uh, and so that was a major blessing, and uh, we put out a lot of money. Uh, sometimes every week and sometimes every other week uh, to helping people and, and ministering to their needs and, and helping uh, take care of, of those that are struggling. And so that's the reason they did that. And so uh, we really appreciate them. Let's give them th those guys a great big hand this morning. Amen. Amen. Uh, and they, we even, what was that, cabbage ball that we played? Cabbage ball. Uh, everybody's garden around there has no cabbage in it. But no, no, it wasn't real cabbage, but it was cabbage ball. And uh, next Sunday, next Sunday here, we'll be having our family day, 4th of July, our pre-4th of July celebration will be here next Sunday starting at 4 o'clock Sunday evening. And uh, we're going to have uh, more Cabbage Ball. So uh, if you want to get together a team, this will be co-ed teams. If you want to get together a team, you can get with Larry. He's raising his hand real frantically over there. Uh, and you can get with Larry. And uh, I hadn't talked to him about it, but I guess... By him raising his hand, he's he's good with it. So, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna play some cabbage ball next Sunday. Uh, gonna have slides for the kids, water slides for the kids. We're gonna have hamburgers, hot dogs, and apple pie. You can't get more American than that. And so, uh, and we're gonna have some watermelons too, and some things like that. So just come out, make plans to be a part of that. It uh, starts at 4 o'clock. We'll have some fireworks that evening, and everything's free, all right? It's not going to cost you a dime, so just come out, be with us. We're going to have a good time. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody got Exodus chapter 15? Verse 22. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried, he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log or a tree, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for your blessings. Thank you, Holy Spirit, today that, Father, you will speak to us this morning. Thank you this morning that you are the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. Thank you today, Father, that you will guide us into truth today. And Father, I thank you, Father, this morning that people are going to be set free. Father, you said to preach the word and that signs and wonders would follow the preaching of the word. So, Father, we believe in the power of your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You can take your seat.
Listen, we've had a, uh, an awesome service thus far, but I just want to give you <clears throat> a little bit uh, of word today that God has been dealing with me about. Uh, we started this last week, uh, continuing on this morning on the subject of redemption to revelation. And we'll move from revelation to demonstration, but I, I want to talk about Revelation. Remember last week, we talked about uh, the children of Israel being in bondage in Egypt. They had been there for 430 years. They had been slaves under the hand of, of the taskmasters, Pharaoh, uh, and all of that. Uh, and during that 430 years, they had no rights. They could not make decisions for themselves. They could not uh, decide to do anything for themselves. Everything that they did uh, was handed down to them by their taskmaster, which is a picture of sin for us. Because once you yield yourself over to sin, you lose the ability to make the decision yourself. Then your sin begins to make that decision for you. The addiction that people get into, drug addiction, alcohol, tobacco, and things like that, coke addictions, caffeine addiction, and somebody say, Pastor, you need to stop right, right there. You're touching on that caffeine. You're you, you messing around. You, you're digging around the wrong flower bed. Caffeine, food, things like that, sugar, not from your mama, not from your wife. I'm talking about sugar off the table. Sugar, things like that. Your body gets addicted to those things. Your body begins to uh, grow accustomed to having those things. If you don't believe what I'm saying, if you love uh, a Coke every once in a while and a piece of cake with your meal and all of that, then make up your mind today that you're not going to do sugar anymore and see how you feel about this time tomorrow. It will be your body will be screaming out and saying, I want sugar. If you don't believe me, if you drink coffee every day, you drink Cokes and things like that, just say, I'm not going to drink any more of them and let me know how you feel day after tomorrow. Because you will have a headache. You'll be down and out. You'll be struggling with energy and all that. Why? Because your body has become accustomed to that diet. It has become accustomed to that, that caffeine, that sugar, and things like that. And when you deny your flesh, then your flesh is going to react in rebellion to what you're doing. So the children of Israel had been in bondage for 430 years. And we talked about last Sunday that, that uh, they put the blood over the doorpost, the side post of their homes. And at midnight, the death angel passed through. When he saw the blood, he passed over their homes and the firstborn in their home was spared. The importance of that is this, ladies and gentlemen, that you cannot compete against the enemy of your soul on your own. You cannot deal with the devil on your own. You cannot deal with the sin in your life on your own. You cannot overcome the struggles that you're in right now without the blood of Jesus. You've got to understand today that sin didn't come into this world by your own uh, concern. It came through the spirits and the powers of hell. And the only way that you can break the powers of sin is by the blood of Jesus Christ. I know it's Father's Day, and I know you got your mind on other things, but I'm going to give you this word, all right? Because listen, I be, listen we, we talk about revival. I'm, I'm going to move on from there. But, but I want you to understand, we talked about last week, how that, that when they walked out of Egypt, Remember, God had said, I want you to tell them to put the blood over the door, and I want you to tell them to get in their house. So they put the blood over the door, and once the blood was there, the only way for them to get out of their house was to walk through the door. And they had to walk through the blood. Amen? There is no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. There is no redeeming your life from destruction without the shedding of blood. You've got to have the blood of Jesus. 
That is the power of redemption. They went out, they walked through the blood. And we talked about how that according to the scripture, that when they walked through the door of their house, they were free. They were no longer slaves. So they walked through the blood and they were set free. Jesus said, whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. And I want you to understand that. Whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. That's what Jesus said. That's what the Word of God says. But do you believe that? So let me give you something else. We walk by faith and not by sight. So whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. So when they walked through the door, they were free. Why? Because they had been freed by the Father. Now, so they walk through the wilderness. They get to the Red Sea. God works a miracle by parting the Red Sea. They were able to walk through the Red Sea on dry ground, which is a picture of baptism. So they get through the Red Sea. Uh, the, the armies of Pharaoh want to follow them. And, and as they uh, come into the midst of the sea, uh, the waters close in on them. And every one of, of Israel's enemies were destroyed just like that. Which is a picture that God deals with your past at the moment that you accept him as your Lord and Savior. You need to follow me this morning. If you, if you got some way to take notes, you might need to write them down. Because listen, we're in a world today, somebody was telling me, and I don't even remember who it was, But it was something like 80% of people in the United States of America believe there is a God. But as they were telling me that, I, I, I had to ask them the question, how many out of that 80% live like there is a God? Remember last week we talked about 600,000 men left out of Egypt. But only two of those men made it to the promised land. 599,998 men did not make it to their promised land because they failed in the wilderness. Guys, I am convinced today that if we get the revelation of what God is saying to us, we can understand and not fall in the wilderness. So they went through the Red Sea. God dealt with their enemy. And now they're out on the other side of the Red Sea. The Bible says that when they got on the other side of the Red Sea in Exodus 15 and 1, that Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord saying, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord, listen to this, the Lord is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation. You listen, listen, I'm, I'm teaching you something this morning. Probably the first time in hundreds of years that these people had heard the song of joy being sung in their midst. Because up until just a few days ago, they had been slaves under bondage and all of that. And now Miriam has broke out the tambourine and they're dancing and their joy is, is flowing over. And Moses and them is singing and they're saying, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. And the horse and his rider has been thrown into the sea. And verse 2 says, the Lord is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation this is my God I will praise him 
my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. You know what that was? That was a little charismatic revival going on right there on the other side of the Red Sea because everybody was dancing and jumping and leaping and praising God and worshiping Him, calling Him the man of war and all of that, my salvation and all of that. God, you dealt with my enemy and I'm glad and I rejoice and all of that. And they were jumping up and down and and doing the two-step and all of that because they were happy because they had just seen a miracle and God had just worked miraculously in their life and delivered them and set them free I once was lost but now I'm found I was blind but now I see I want you to understand this and I want you to get this picture it was a joyous time And it was a time of of rejoicing and all of that. But now if you go down to verse 22 in Exodus chapter 15. It says that then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea. In other words, Moses said we can't stay here. We got to move on. We got a destination that we're going to. So we can't stay here. we got to move on. So they went. And they went into the wilderness of Shur. The Bible says they went three days in the wilderness. And found no water. I want you if, you if you write in your Bible or you highlight on your phone, I want you to highlight this. They went three days into the wilderness. The wilderness of Shur. If you look up the word Shur in the Hebrew, it, it has the meaning of a wall. The wilderness of Shur could be referred to as the wilderness of the wall. Now listen. They got into the wilderness. They came up upon this place called Marah. And they were thirsty. They had no water. And they were thirsting. When they got there, the Bible says in verse 23 that when they came to Marah, they could not drink the water because the waters of Marah was bitter. Even though they were thirsty, they were not able to drink the water at Marah. Listen. Listen to this. When they got to Morah, and, and I'm going to just slow down because I want you to get what I'm saying. I'm not going to slobber and stomp and spit. I want you to understand what I'm saying because I believe it's going to be life-changing. When they got to the waters of Morah and they realized that the water was bitter, that it was not drinkable or was not potable, In verse 21, they turned at Moses and they said this. We are thirsty. We've got to have water. What are you doing? The Bible says they begin to murmur and complain. Now here's here's where where we're going to go this morning. Three days after they were singing and dancing and rejoicing on the other side of the Red Sea, they run into a wall called Shur. And in that, they come to bitter waters that they're not able to drink. Remember, we're talking about revelation. They've been redeemed, but now God is about to reveal an aspect of who he is. And the first place, the first place that they come 
to, to be dealt with in this area is a place of bitterness. So what I want to talk to you about this morning is I want to talk to you about the bitterness that resides in your life. I want to talk to you this morning, uh, and, and I know this is Father's Day, and I want to speak to the men in the house. And I want to ask you a question. Do you have bitterness in your heart? You say, oh, I don't have bitterness. I'm good. Everything is good. Then let me ask the ladies. Ladies, do you have bitterness in your heart? What is bitterness? Bitterness is Many different things, but one of the things about bitterness is that there are people today that are living and walking and in church this morning that are disappointed at God. They're disappointed because God didn't do what they thought God was supposed to do. Disappointment towards God will produce bitterness in your life. Bitterness can be produced uh, from, from prolonged stress, from prolonged struggles in our lives. How can God allow this to happen? I got in a discussion the other day right after uh, the school shooting happened in Texas. And many people, I was hearing it all over the place. Why would a loving God allow something this terrible to happen? And we hear that over and over. Why did God allow this? Why did God allow this, this uh, individual to go in and murder and, and, and uh, just ravage that school? Why would God allow that? Why would God allow a storm to come in and destroy people's lives? Why? Why would God allow cancer to destroy my loved one's body? And I felt that this morning, even as Brother Larry was giving testimony of the goodness of God in his life, that perhaps there were those that were sitting here and you were saying, God, why didn't you do that for me? Or why didn't you do that for my husband or my wife or my family? God, why? And what, what has happened is that we've got, uh, we've got a, a bunch of people that, that are living their lives in bitterness and they don't even recognize that I am bitter with God and I'm bitter and I'm disappointed with God and I'm struggling with this because I don't understand why God would allow me to get in this situation that I'm in. Can I tell you something? The children of Israel came out of Egypt, and even though they were redeemed, God knew that there was a bitterness inside their lives. Listen, bitterness will always come out when you're under pressure. Bitterness will always come out at the most wrong time. You don't even recognize it's there, but, but bitterness will come out. There are people today that, that, that are struggling because of a family breakdown, a relational breakdown, or something like that. And, and, and they're struggling, they're mad at God because they're asking God, why did you allow this to happen? And I know I'm not preaching to everybody this morning, but just a, probably just to select one or two maybe. But, but I'm going to preach it to you just like there's a thousand people that's sitting here that's sucking it up. Because I believe that we're living in a world today that people are filled with bitterness. And let me tell you something about bitterness. Bitterness will take you to a well of water, but bitterness will stop you from drinking that very well of water. 
And I want you to understand this morning that, that listen, we, we think that, well, what I need to do is I need to get in a, in a service where, where everybody's jumping and shouting. And, and I need to get in a service where they're, they're uh, swinging off the light bars and all of that. But can I tell you something this morning? Three days after they left the Red Sea, they were at the pool, uh, the waters of Mara, And they had lost their joy. They had lost their revival. They had lost their fire they had lost the anointing and they were grumbling and complaining because God was not doing what they thought he needed to do can I tell you something this morning if you will understand what I'm telling you today and realize that God is wanting to reveal to you today an aspect about him that will deal with bitterness in your life if you catch that this morning it won't be dependent of whether or not there's a shout in the service your joy will not depend on whether or not there's an anointing or a power that's flowing that people are laying out on the floor but you can walk in the authority of God's word because you know who he is listen the results of bitterness these are just a few is confusion you don't really know where you are with God. You don't really know if God is listening to you. And you struggle. You're constantly struggling. You're like a yo-yo. You're up and down. You can get victory today and be lost it by this afternoon. It's confusion. How did the children of Israel become so bitter? I want to give you just one example. If you go back to Exodus chapter 5. In Exodus chapter 5, beginning along with about verse 21, the Bible says that God had sent Moses uh, to uh, Egypt and his first encounter with Pharaoh was that God said, let my people go. The Bible says that Moses was laughed out of Pharaoh's court. Pharaoh looked at him and laughed at him. And instead of letting the children of Israel go, Pharaoh added to their burdens. Pharaoh said, we've been getting straw for you to make brick, but from this day forward, you get your own straw. Not only that, but we're going to increase your daily work load so Moses had told the people of Israel that I'm going to talk to Pharaoh and Pharaoh's going to let you go when Moses came out of Pharaoh's court the people found out that their workload had been doubled and that they were no longer going to be able to to uh they were going to have to go out and gather their own straw and stuff to make brick Listen, look in, in, in Exodus chapter 5 and verse 21. They said to him, the Lord look upon you and judge because you have made our savor to be a board in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants to put a sword in their hand to slay us. So in other words, the people looked at Moses and said, you promised that we were going to get set free but instead of us getting set free, our workload has doubled. You told us, Moses, <clears throat> that, that, that you were going to talk to Pharaoh and we were going to walk out of Egypt. <clears throat> but instead of us walking out of Egypt, we're having to deal with a greater workload. And now Pharaoh and all of them are mad at us and they could kill us. It is things like that when we don't understand the timing of God and we don't understand the plan of God that will cause bitterness to happen in our lives. Listen, I don't understand why God does what God does. I don't understand. Listen, I have prayed and I have wept with families and I've cried with families that were about to lose a loved one and I believed and I've trusted that they were going to be healed, but they did not get healed on this earth. God chose to take them to heaven. 
In my flesh, I said, God, I don't understand. I don't understand God. And, and I, would, I, would, I wouldn't get angry, but I would question. And listen, there are people this morning that you are in bondage because God has not worked in the manner that you thought God should work in. And you don't even realize that it is holding you back. It is stopping you from moving forward with God. That's the reason that we ask the question, does God really care or what have I done wrong? The Bible says that Moses returned to the Lord and said, Lord, wherefore hast thou so evil entreated this people? Notice that question that Moses said to God. God, why have you done this? Why have you set us up to see us disappointed? God, why did you tell me to go in there and do that, and yet we are still in bondage even worse than we was before? And verse 23 said, why is it, or verse 22, why is it that, that you even sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people, neither has he delivered your people at all. Listen, it is things like that that I believe the world looks at and they ask why, how, and all of that. And so many times we don't have the answer. So many times we try to put it off on something else. But I want you to understand this morning that God has got a timing and God's got a process. Remember last week I told you that sometimes God is not dealing with me, but God is dealing with my enemy. God is not always having to do a work in me as much as he's doing a work on my enemy. But God is faithful. So I, I want to encourage you this morning to understand that the first place that God took the children of Israel before he took them into the promised land, the first place out of Egypt was a place to deal with bitterness. And he gave them a way out. He gave them a way out. See, the Bible says in Verse 25 of Exodus chapter 15. If you look there in your Bible, the Bible says that when they, the people of Israel murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? In verse 25, the, Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet, and therefore he made for them a statute and an ordinance there, and he proved them. See, God's got a way of doing things in our lives that we don't even recognize many times. That tree that was thrown into the water was a picture of the cross of Christ that was going to deal with everything in our lives that we had brought uh, out of Egypt. But I want you to notice something else. The Bible says that God made an ordinance for them there. And he proved them. In other words, God brought them to a place to where he could deal with their bitterness. And he made an ordinance there. In other words, he set something up that from that day forward, they were going to know who he was. Read, read down in verse 26. He said this, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. 
I want you to get this picture. They come out of Egypt. Egypt is under the curse from God. Sickness and disease was prevalent in Egypt. But listen to what God said. And he's saying this after he had redeemed them. After he had redeemed them, he said, listen. He said, if you will listen to the voice of the Lord your God and will do what's right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. Listen to what God said. He said, I will not allow, I will put none of these diseases upon you which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. In other words, God said, I am Jehovah Rapha. When God said, I am the God that healeth thee, he was saying, I am the God that will cure, I will repair, I will mend, and I will restore. The, the Hebrew word rofe is the same word that the Hebrews get the word doctor from. I want you to understand this. And I know it's quiet and all that. And, and listen, when it gets like this, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to close my Bible and say, let's go to the house. Because it's a lot hotter up here than it is back there. But I'm being honest with you today. And I want you to know that God can never bring revival into a soul that is filled with bitterness. God can never do a work in an individual's life that is filled with bitterness. Because bitterness will rob you of your ability to make contact with the Holy Ghost of God that can bring victory in your life. Listen, bitterness will cause you to discredit and, and disassociate with the very thing that God wants to do in your life. And we're in a culture today of people that are filled with bitterness. Breakdown in the family structure has caused thousands and thousands of men today not to know who they are and not to even know who their daddy is and not to know who their mama is. And now they're trying to raise children and they don't know how to do that because they never had it modeled in front of them. And so therefore they get bitter with God and they want to blame God. We're in a world today where people want to blame God for everything that's going wrong in our culture. But I'm telling you this morning that God will bring you down to the waters of Marah and He will bring you to a place in your life that will allow you to deal with the bitterness in your life. And God won't stop there. He said the water might be bitter, but I'm telling you that I am Jehovah Rapha. I will bring healing to your life. I will bring cure to your mind. I will restore what the devil has, store, has messed up. I will restore Restore all the days that the palmer worm and the locust and the canker worm have destroyed in your life. It doesn't matter how long you've been in slavery. It doesn't matter how long you've been in bondage. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the God that heals you. But pastor, you don't know how hard I prayed and God didn't answer. I'm talking about bitterness. Bitterness. Let God heal your life. Quit asking why. Quit blaming 
everybody else. Quit looking at your family and pointing a finger at them. Quit looking at your spouse and saying, you need to get right. Quit looking at everybody around you and blaming them for what's going on in your life. Recognize today, friend, that, that you have been brought out of slavery, but sometimes you can come out of Egypt, but yet Egypt's ways are still remaining in your life. And God, that's the reason that that's the first place that God stopped and said, I want to reveal this aspect of who I am because I want you to understand that you don't have to live with a mess that you've been living with for 400 years. I want you to understand that you don't have to keep continuing to go through the mess that you've been going through because I am Jehovah Raphael. Would you stand please? Sister Sandy, would you guys come? Listen, in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 12, it says this. And I'm, I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. It says, so be made strong even in your weakness by lifting up your tired hands in prayer and worship and strengthen your weak knees for as you keep walking forward on God's paths, all your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. In every relationship, be swift to choose peace over competition and run swiftly toward holiness. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace and make sure that no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many that's Hebrews chapter 12 12 through 15 notice what he said make sure that no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many. You know what that scripture says? That you need to be careful that you don't have a root of bitterness sprouting in your life because a root of bitterness will not only affect your life but it will affect those around you the Bible calls it poison the Bible calls it a corrupter it corrupts it poisons Everything that it touches. The roots of it is anger. Confusion. Frustration. And all these things. There are men that are here this morning, fathers that are here this morning, and you try to keep it contained and you try to keep it hidden, but the reality is, sir, you have got a root of bitterness that has sprouted in your life from something way back years ago. And it could have been that you just needed the, the love of a father and, and you weren't able to get it. But it's caused bitterness 
to sprout up in your life. And you think, I can deal with this. I can, I can take care of this. I can handle this. But you don't realize that bitterness is a corrupter. It will corrupt your life and it will also corrupt those around you. God is wanting to bring healing on this Father's Day, 2022. God is saying, if you will come clean with me, if you will be real with me and allow me, God said, I want to bring healing into your life. And I want to bring total and complete salvation to you. God wants to take us this morning from redemption to revelation of who he is. God wants to reveal to us this morning he is the healer. He is the healer. He is Jehovah Rapha. So this morning as they, as they sing, I want to ask you this morning, and I, I, I've been talking to dads, I know, and, and, and men, but I want to ask moms, mothers, ladies this morning, I want to ask you this, this one question. Do you have a root of bitterness in your life? I can't go into naming all the things that causes that, but you know. You know what it is. Do you have that this morning? Is there a root of bitterness in your life? Can I tell you that God is a covenant-making God? And God has revealed to us this morning that He is Jehovah Raphael. I am the healer. The amazing thing about that is this. I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've counseled with people. I would talk with them. They would weep. We would talk. We would pray. Hours and hours we would spend talking different times and I would walk away and I'd say I think I think they finally got it only when the, in the next few days I wouldn't see them anymore and they would disappear and the next thing I know, they're arrested or just going right back to the same old lifestyle. I can't tell you how many potential ministers, men of God, women of God, that, that we've nurtured and we've loved and we've, been, we've encouraged them and and we've, we've tried to set them in a place of ministry and tried to give opportunity for them to, to uh, walk in the gift that God's given them. But the least little thing would cause them to fall. And we'd prop them back up and say, hey, do you understand this? Yeah, I understand that. Right back down again. And I would get frustrated being real with you. I get frustrated. I get aggravated. I get to the place that when the phone would ring and I would see that number come up, I would say, I don't even want to answer because nothing is doing any good. And I would always say they're just not listening to God. get frustrated if they would just pray 
it would get better. If they would just study the word, it would get better. And I'd want to go the other way. A few weeks ago, as I was reading this passage of Scripture, God began to deal with my heart. And God spoke this to me, and He said this. He said, Son, you are living in a generation where millions and millions of men and women have been in the same bondage that the children of Israel were in. He said, but I want you to know that I knew that before I took them out of Egypt, I knew what they were in. And I knew how they were. And he said, even when I got them across the Red Sea, he said, I knew them there. I knew that they were still messed up. Even though they had been redeemed, God said, I knew that they were still messed up. And he said, son, when they got to the waters of Marah and they began to grumble and complain, he said, I was still God and I was still standing there watching them and listening to them. And he said, son, I could have at any moment snapped my finger and wiped them off the face of the earth. then God spoke to me and he said this he said I didn't get angry with them I didn't turn them away I get I didn't get frustrated with them he said because I am a loving father I am a merciful God I am a compassionate God he said, that is the reason that I revealed who I was to them in their most bitter time, in the worst time of their life. If No, they didn't deserve it, but because of my mercy, I gave them something that they did not deserve. I didn't give them what they did deserve. He said, son, you've got to recognize that you've got to walk in the same spirit of that event. You gotta love. You gotta be compassionate. You gotta let mercy follow you. So if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, you know what? I feel like I've got some bitterness in my life. I want it healed. I want it restored. I want to be set free. Jehovah Raphi is here this morning and he is your healer as they sing this altar is open and I and listen I'm going to ask this morning because I believe there are husbands and wives that are in this room today and you are dealing with situations and circumstances that are a direct result of bitterness on one or the other's part are you willing to be honest with God are you willing to let God be Jehovah Rophi and bring healing to bring the cure, to bring the restoration.